thank you for joining us on Talk Chef, the podcast where we talk about Top Chef. I am your host, John Drake. You may know me as Top Scallop. You may also know me as Young Crudo. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the Nash and the Furious. It's Nash Flynn. <laughs> oh, man. So good every week. And this is appropriate because we had a lot of movie talk this week. So I thought okay. we'd go with a movie one. I came up with that one five minutes ago. I had a different one. I'll save it for another week. I was like, I got to do something movie related now. It's perfect. How are you doing this week, Nash? I am good. Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, I feel like there's not much new to report. It's every day is exactly the same now. Yeah, you know. Until until I got my antibodies up, I gotta gotta keep doing what I'm doing. Bad news, I have mine. We're fully vaxxed up over here, and it's no different. It's literally the same. Well, that's fucking bullshit. It sure so, is. Not thrilled about that. <laughs> do you have an update for us on Nash's protein of the week? I do, and Yay! I have two of them. Oh wow! All right, yeah. double duty this week. Let's go. So I had tuna. You know, just like. So you had tuna of them. Do you get it? Because you said you had two of them, and then you said you had tuna. So I would like to resign from this podcast. <laughs> that's 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 fair. I understand. But I do not accept. So you had tuna, and had what tuna. was your other one? I also had pork loin. Oh, yeah. That's right. You texted me about the pork loin. Yes, it was like a pork loin chop, though. So it was like, I don't know what the difference is. I'm bad at meat. I'm making some gestures with my hands, and then remember that this is a podcast, and you'll never see them. <laughs> so the same way if you slice a beef tenderloin, you get filet mignon steaks. If you slice a pork tenderloin, you get pork chops. Oh. It didn't so, have the bone on it, though, so I don't know what that means. You got the boneless loin. Yeah, oh, that's a thing okay. you could do. You it can do good. either or. Yeah. yeah. I like pork loin. It's fun. It's, it can stand up to a lot of bold flavors, which I like. You can really go crazy on it. So what'd you do to it? We had it glazed with some like mustard, I think. I, I did not prepare it. My husband made this one. I was never a big pork person, so as soon as mm. it came out, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like it. But we served it with Brussels sprouts, which was... Also a thing I didn't think I liked, but it was very good. You can do, you know, Brussels sprouts are like that cliche food that nobody liked as a kid. But I find that now if you'll just fry them or, you know, roast them like super heavy, get them, get them real nice and crunchy, a little bit of seasoning. They're good. I just think people don't like them because when we were younger, they were boiled primarily mm. as the preparation, which is not, not great. Well, they're just basically like small cabbage, right? And yeah, that was like the cabbages. big Irish thing is you just, you just boil them. But I'm from a half Irish household and we just boiled cabbage or Brussels sprouts and I gotta tell you if they overcook they smell like farts and then your whole house smells like farts forever so I don't I wasn't ever like mm, I want to eat some farts you know yeah something about cabbage in general just it yeah. doesn't smell great while it's no. cooking but no it does not now I like uh, Brussels sprouts can stand up to a little sweetness too which I like if you kind of toss them with a balsamic or a yeah. little honey and then but also add some you know savory seasonings to them a little salt pepper maybe a little garlic that come out just right so they were pretty good yeah what about the tuna? Was that were you talking like tuna fish out of a can, or did you get like yeah. tuna steaks? Okay. No, no tuna fish out of a can, which I haven't eaten since I was in Dublin last. So it was like very, very nostalgic. The local delicacy in Dublin, of course, tuna fish in a can. That's what they. <laughs> well, it was just like a tuna sandwich. While I was like, I went to the pub every night and got the same tuna fish sandwich because I was a vegetarian, but they didn't have anything vegetarian in two thousand eight. So it was like I could eat fish or I could eat nothing. So. I mean. How certain are we that the tuna fish in a can is real tuna anyway? It might have just been tofu in gross mayonnaise sauce. That's true. That's true. I have been surviving off of like a fake tuna, though, because I do enjoy it as like a dish. And it it's definitely a lot better than the fake stuff. I'm not going to lie to you guys. <laughs> I dislike tuna fish out of a can, like with a fury you would not <laughs> comprehend. I hate it so much. My wife, Jamie, loves it. She she has it as like her, her weekend lunch, you know, when she's home. Yeah. And she's like, what do I want for lunch? 
Should make a couple good. tuna fish sandwiches, and our cats like to drink the tuna water, yeah. and the whole thing makes me sick. I leave the room. I wow. don't like it at all. That's so I'm just, I think I just associate it like heavily with drowning in mayonnaise, and I hate mayonnaise. So mayonnaise can be used in sauces and stuff, and I won't freak out. But just like putting mayonnaise on something, I really dislike. So well, see, you gotta you gotta add the relish. That's the big difference. A little crunch in there, or so, even some pickles. I could see that helping. Yes. So it's not just a mushy square of grossness. As a child, my favorite favorite sandwich was tuna with mayonnaise and relish on cinnamon raisin bread. Interesting. It's the so s- good though. The cinnamon it raisin threw me for a loop. Gross, <laughs> yeah, it's it does. so good. I was not expecting the cinnamon raisin. That was a uh... Well, you know what one of my favorite breakfasts is uh, like a cinnamon raisin bagel with jalapeno cream cheese. Sweet Something and savory. About, yeah, the sweet and savory does go well, so I could see that working. Try but... and get back to me. That's your no, job. No, I'm not tr- no, I'm not. No, yeah, you got to. No, I won't. Tuna fish out of a can is not happening. Never. You can buy it in the pouch. It's a lot better in the pouch. I'm not doing it in the pouch. Well, the pouch doesn't come with uh, mayonnaise, right? No, no. There's like a new pouch. It's like all this safe-caught tuna bullshit, but you basically just squeeze your oils back into your tuna fish, and then you're good to go. Maybe if I get that, I'll try it. There's no tuna water nonsense. This is like... All right. Yeah, because I think maybe it's the can aspect and the mayonnaise aspect that freaked me out. Yes. Yes, that's got to be part of it. It's a mental block I have. But maybe I'll get a pouch tuna and try it and let you know next week. Cinnamon raisin bread. So this week we had a fun episode, right? We did. We did. What'd you think of this episode? It was pretty good. Not the best food we've seen, but, you know, accessible food, which is fun to talk about, too. Yeah, that's true. I think we had some... It, it sort of took a backseat to whatever Padma was doing <laughs> pretty much all episode, really. We're going to have to talk about Padma during the Elimination Challenge segment yeah. because she was doing the most. She's doing the most. And I personally, I enjoyed it. I was here for it. I think Padma strikes such an air of nobility that to mm. see her be goofy is fun sometimes. Yeah, I agree. She's very, she seems like she's going to be aloof. And then when she's, she's not and she breaks that character, it feels very like you're getting a look behind the scenes. Right. Yes. I really enjoyed the elimination challenge, but we can't get into that just yet because we still got to talk about the quick fire, right? True. We do. Roses were the name of the game this week. Are you familiar with roses culinarily speaking? I hate rose flavored anything. Sorry. Okay. We're on the same page here. Yeah, it's gross. It smells a lot. It gets really, really perfumey. Just... Well, that's what Richard Blaze said when he walked into the kitchen after the quick fire. What did he say? It smells like someone's grandma was in here. Oh, no. He said, and I wrote it down. He said, it smells like grandma's purse in here. Oh, was Richard stealing dollar bills from his grandma's purse? It just, it sounds so much like it's going to be a euphemism. For- God, I fucking hope not. I was like, Richard, why? <laughs> why? Grandma's purse. Yes, that is what I think of, though, when I think of roses. I think of, you know, r- rose-flavored foods. I'm not super familiar with it. The most exposure I think I've had to rose-flavored foods is, like, you get a box of macarons from the like the French bakery. There's always, like, a stupid rose-flavored one in there. And you eat them, but you don't really want to. But they're still right. good because they're still macarons. But I've never had any rose-water-flavored dishes, anything like in a savory preparation, really, that I can recall. I used to use rose water when I used to brew my own teas. And it, it's really, really intense and i remember eating it once and i was like wow this was not something i wanted to do yeah so none of the quick fire dishes really jumped out at me maybe for that reason you know some of the dessert looks okay at the end there but yeah nothing i really wanted to showed his dessert the mochi with the yeah. roses like that that looked good i would have eaten that but nothing i would have ordered on a menu if you if i'd read the description of it you know i agree i, I couldn't get into any of it it all looked nice I feel like some people went a little crazy with how nice it looked to cover up sort of how floral I'm afraid their food was tasting. But none of it was anything I was like, mm, I would eat that. But I do have to give them 
credit for, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording, the coordination that goes into getting these episodes, you know, timed correctly, because we know they didn't film this anytime near Mother's Day. And with COVID going on, they had the confidence to film a Mother's Day episode in like September or whenever it was, and just trust that they'd be able to get this thing edited and ready to go in time to air it at the right moment. So not that I would have cared if they did a Mother's Day episode, you know, at a strange time of the year, because we would have cut them some slack this year. And just yeah. holiday-themed episodes are fun, but they got it right, so good they for did. them. And, and as she was saying it, I was like, oh, shit, it is almost Mother's Day. And then I was like, wait, it wasn't Mother's Day when they did this half a year ago. So I, right. I also credit their just like editing team. Like They must have just been like, we know we have to get this one out. Right. It, it sheds a light to me on how, like, I assumed they film it and then they're like, we'll release it whenever we can, <laughs> you right. know, especially this season. But no, they like they had they it had planned plan. out from the get go. Yeah, so good plan. for them. Also, Amar's Pants, since, you know, we are partially at least a fashion podcast. Oh, Got a shout out Amar's Pants. I mean, we pants. have to be on this, on this show. You know, there's only so much talk you could do about food you can't taste. So right. <laughs> you got to you got to talk about some other stuff. Plus so, so many of them just bring it, you know. Yeah, Amar specifically seemed like he was trying to get a podcast to talk about his outfit. And um, we will. And we, we will. Do. Those pants were incredible. And what a look with the hairstyle. Just like a whole right. thing for Rose's week. It, it outshone Padma's sort of plain A little understated black. for Padma. Yeah, a little understated for her. Amar, I believe the term is he was peacocking a little, right? Is that when you try to like get attention based on your appearance? You're peacocking? Did I just make this up? Oh, shit. I thought, I swear I thought it was a real thing. But I'm going to have to check after this episode, decide whether I edit this out or not. But <laughs> it's in, apparently it's still a thing. And then, so the quick fire happens. Mm-hmm. Chris wins the quick fire. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another strong start for him. Maria getting that edit early, though, had me worried. The edit they sweating. gave Maria this episode was, geez, Louise, that was brutal. She really brutal. seemed like she was going to go home. Yeah. We'll get into whether she did or not. Mm. But then Richard walks in, t-shirt and jeans, keeping it super casual. Yeah, smelling like grandma's purse, you know? His t-shirt was was rose-colored, I guess. You know, it was kind of like a burgundy. So mm. maybe that was like his nod to the challenge, but not not bringing a lot with the with the fashion this week for Richard. Yeah. So that's not his strongest showing in the fashion or hair department because, you know, maybe he could make up for a weaker outfit with some taller hair. But, he, you know, he made an end, you know? He, he didn't did. just look demure and walk in and be like, hey, guys, I'm Richard. Like, he walked in and he's like, wow, it smells like grandma's person here. This is the third time I've said this line because I cannot get over how weird it is. <laughs> don't type in grandma's person to Urban Dictionary, guys. I'm sure. I don't even know if it's on there, but if it is, it's nothing you want to read. Yeah, stay away. So then we find out that the elimination challenge is they're going to be split up into two teams and they're going to make dishes to be served at a drive-in movie theater based on different movie genres. Cool challenge, right? Yes. What a level of detail. As, as Padma was explaining all of it, I was like, holy shit, what a great challenge. Yeah, yeah, really in-depth. It's one of the, like, the sillier challenges, but I don't mind those, especially early on in a season. And we get to see the chefs then cook some more, I think I used the word accessible earlier, and I guess that's the word I'll stick with. They're, they're making finger foods yeah. or you know milkshakes stuff like that we're kind of getting them to see the food that we might cook ourselves and they're just making it a little better most of them anyway but have you do you have any experience at driving movie theaters or you've been to one do you like going to them i've never ever gone but i've always wanted to oh you might have missed your shot this past year was the time to go i know i know but my kids can't sit in the car that long yeah oh i i, I went to my first one this year but i left my kids at home i went with uh, two of my friends matt and craig we saw friday the 13th part mm-hmm. five yeah, and Scream, and it was those two movies. 
Oh, that's cool, though. It was cool. Yeah, it was up, upstate New York. We got to go and see it. It was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, and I host another movie podcast that you've been a guest on, so I'm big into movies. So I was like, this is this is my episode. You know, I'm feeling all this. That's true. We watched the movie Cats for my Blast Zone episode, and I Dude. recommend watching that movie to everyone all I of don't. the time. I don't. I'm sorry. Listen to the the podcast for sure, but don't don't watch the movie. Just let us describe it to you and picture it in your head. It'll be way more fun. Absolutely go see Cats at a drive-in if you get the chance. <laughs> It'll definitely be playing at drive-ins in five years. It's going to be the new Rocky Horror. I promise. You'll see. That's it's true. so bizarre. It can't not be like a thing now. Or it just becomes like really niche, like furry porn. All right. I, don't, I see a... where you're trying to take this conversation. Yeah. I'm not willing to go down this road with you <laughs> Isn't right Isn't this now. a different podcast? <laughs> We've already... We've already discussed this issue at length, so yes. Anyway, some of the ties to the genres they had to cook were tenuous at best. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, for sure. You know, it'll be comedy because we'll call it KFC, but it'll be Korean fried chicken instead of... Is that comedy? That's not Just leave the comedy to us, guys. Come on. Yeah, you do the food. We'll do the comedy. Or don't go for the very obvious. Right. Like, at least provide some surprise that you've thought about the genre long enough for something to permeate. Like... You went straight from comedy haha to what's funny, and then you ended up on rubber chicken, which yeah. is just offensive <laughs> to me at this point. Jamie's brand of comedy seems to be in like the Michael Winslow from Police Academy yeah. brand of comedy, where she just makes like, blah, blah, like funny noises, right. and that's her comedy. But yeah, we'll get it. We'll get more into Jamie in a little bit. When they were going through their menus, I was like, I already like the Green Team's menu more. I had a feeling it was going to be the stronger one. And then Shoda starts explaining his dish, Bloody Corn Dog, because <laughs> his dog is his best friend. Rough. And anything happening to his... Was that a pun? Did you say rough? <laughs> like a dog would say? So he imagined something terrible happening to his, his good dog friend, yeah. and so he made a Bloody Corn Dog. It was nonsense. <laughs> it was nonsense. It didn't really sound good. It was very outside of what we've seen from Shoda. Right. His food being so kind of like refined and the flavors being you know delicate and then it just looked like a turd on a stick kind (laughs) of i mean it was it was horrifying yeah and he won his matchup i I do feel like both teams sort of just struggled and there seemed like a lot of tension at the outset of both of these right i think they struggled mostly with trying to stay within their genres to make them like that's kind of a cliche kitchen thing is the chefs straining to meet the parameters of the challenge and like you might be think you can explain it to yourself in the kitchen but then when you have to explain it to tom and padma at judge's table like why did you think this was action it's not gonna work because you know you dip it you dip the cauliflower tot in our... all right let's get into the categories because yeah. we're starting to talk about stuff we haven't talked about yet and for the strange people that listen to this podcast and don't watch the show, they might be lost. But they are out there. I have confirmation there's at least a few of them. Well, you so. guys are just the bravest. I'm here for you. Yeah, we appreciate you. So for Cliche Kitchen, what did you have for this one? Something that we've seen or heard on Top Chef a lot that is getting repeated this episode. So for this one, I have Maria in here because at the outset, I was just so worried for her instantly. You know, she starts talking about how she's in her own head. She's always been middle of the pack. She's never gotten any feedback. And she's... she's sort of stuck and then she turns out this not a maria dish in the quick fire and it just don't get in your own head and then not be able to get out people don't do that we've seen it every single season sometimes every single episode where somebody just gets they get paranoid that they're not on the right track and then they overthink things and then they make a dish that isn't them and then they go home for that dish right 
and you could see it it kind of had a happy ending in this episode because right. then she's on the bottom of the quick fire for this dish that's not a maria dish and then for the elimination challenge she just goes balls to the wall she's i'm gonna make from scratch i'm gonna bake bread from scratch i'm gonna make a hot dog and a bun which is super ambitious especially given the conditions they're cooking in and it seemed like a classic setup for being bit in the ass by trying to prove yourself by doing too much but she pulled it off and it worked she did my girl so that was a happy ending but yeah starting with the cliche kitchen of it's not a maria dish and you know, I'm tired of being middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. She maybe seemed like she was going to get over ambitious, and the way they were editing her really made it seem yeah. that she was going to go down for it. But no, it worked out. So it was like a, a little, it was like a movie plot twist. And we now, the, now that we're on the other side of it, I very much appreciate that misleading edit, you know? Because I feel like yes. sometimes it just feels like, oh, of course they went home. We spent all episode listening to them talk about their fuck ups. Right, right. The Magical Elves team that does the production must know, you know, People out there are catching on to their tricks after 17 seasons and counting, so they're they're smartening up a little bit. They have faked us out in the past before, but it's also come true this season with Sasha's episode where she was eliminated and Kiki's episode where she was eliminated. They kind of got that right. the same edit Maria got in this episode. I do have one more note for this section, and it's sort of like a subtitly note. Avishar saying right at the go that he's going to try one more rice dish before getting sent home. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. He <laughs> Don't didn't do it this episode. Don't put you in this category. Thank goodness he didn't go for it this episode. Yeah. I was just like, they don't want it to be messy. They want it to be like, like Avishar is going to make a fucking arancini or something, isn't he? <laughs> like, yeah, I was worried. But no, he didn't do it. Thank he God. Jamie also getting backseat chefed. That's kind of a cliche thing. And that may have been her, her downfall. We'll get Stand into. Stand up for your dishes, people. Stand it up for it. Scallop and Crudo watch. We had some action this episode. Subtle things that yes. you may not notice right away. But as I am watching this for a podcast, I paid close attention Dawn and Byron both mentioned they wanted scallops during the quick fire, but they didn't have any, so they couldn't do it. But right. I'm not going to count them towards our season count, but it is worth mentioning. We would have had two more if they had provided scallops in the kitchen. Then Gabriel did a salmon crudo during the quick fire. Gabe did a turbo crudo during the quick fire and also put scallops in his seafood gazpacho thing. So there you go. There's three right there. Three. Boom. We're back on track after the big return last week of scallops. We got crudos this week. It's all happening. It's all happening. I couldn't be happier. You know, it's We've the arrived. thing that used to annoy me about Top Chef. I turned it into a positive now. That's how you turn a frown upside down. <laughs> That's how you really see the light at the end of this pandemic. Scallop right. crudo watch. Scallop crudo watch. It gives me something to do. Not here to make friends. I would say most of this revolved around Gabriel. He seems to be rubbing people the wrong way. Not making a lot of friends in that kitchen, is he? Just really wanted to be the team leader without the ability or the knowledge. He was just sort of like, I'm going to bark out orders, even though I don't really know what I'm talking about and I haven't even looked at you. He was like, hey, don't forget to peel those peppers. And she was like, I'm literally doing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And and then he put out a subpar dish and told Jamie to cook her chicken wings less. And then they came out all flabby. It might have been editing, but Jamie also kind of seemed annoyed that Sarah was using yogurt again during the quick fire. (laughs) She made a face like, really? One yogurt? I mean, Sarah, there was like to her whole... credit, did not want to use yeah. yogurt, but, you know, she had to. Based but there was on... well, like she didn't have to. <laughs> whole yogurt flashback about, like, Sarah and this yogurt and Gail's line about the yogurt. Little being... mini montage. Yeah. I mean, it was like, we are only four episodes in. Why are there this many clips of you and yogurt? <laughs> right. It's starting to become a bit of a crutch, maybe. Yeah. I mean... Even if they forced your hand this time, you could have just pivoted in a different direction. Right. She said I had sour cream or I had yogurt. So use the sour cream. Or, or you just, know what? Use the yogurt and just tell them you use sour cream. I don't think they're going to notice. 
Jamie came right out and said people don't like Gabriel. She said that he rubs people the wrong way. And then I did, I don't know if it really qualifies, but I thought Tom was really mad that Nelson beat Avishar in the elimination. Like he was a little salty about it. He wanted that s'more to win. He was, he had some feelings this episode. Did. He was back in his full Tom swing of things, which I love to see. Really getting after it. And I was, I was thrilled that Tom had more of a voice this episode. It felt nice. And I love the little, like, the car moments between him and Padma, which really felt so genuine. Like, they were, like, really nerding out about the food that they were eating and the experience that they were living through. Like, just the two of them sort of in this isolated bubble together. It felt really nice. Yeah, they've been working together for 15 years now. And they clearly have a shorthand and they're very comfortable with each other. And I like that relationship a lot. I thought the car pairings were all pretty cool. Yeah, they really did a good job. Richard and Gail were fun. Yeah. Gregory. That car got wild. Yeah. Richard and Gales. That's the party car. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's the car you get really high in the back of and just enjoy the ride. See, though, if you give me my pick of cars, I'm either going Richard Gale or I'm going Carrie and Melissa. Yeah, same. I just want to party with Carrie and Melissa. I don't know. Like sneak a flask into the drive-in, you know, eat some eat some finger food in a BMW. I, mean, I, do, I do feel like they have similar and yet very distinct vibes. Like the Gale... Richard Carr, you're going to go not so subtle, like sexual context. You know what I mean? You're going to get some of those. You think Richard is going for that? I feel like Gail definitely gives that vibe sometimes. But Yes. And then Richard just supports it with the grandma's purse bullshit. That's the fourth time, by the way, I've mentioned that. Is that is not a sexual thing, Nash. It is. I think he was just saying grandma, grandmothers wear a lot of rose-scented perfumes. Look, Richard, DM me. Okay? We have to talk about this because I need to know. Oh, boy. Once again, I must encourage you not to look it up on Urban Dictionary. I don't know if it's on there, but I'm sure it's bad if it is. See, that's what I'm saying. The fact that we know that it's on Urban Dictionary as a bad thing proves that Richard definitely said it as a gross thing. Richard, clarify. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. (laughs) But I feel like the Melissa Carey car, you're just going to, you're going to vibe until midnight and then go to bed. You know what I mean? I I feel like they both probably toke a little of the uh, the devil's lettuce too. And now we can light up in the car like i said sneak a flask in eat some rubbery chicken wings mm-hmm. i don't know it just sounds like a good time right but that's the participation car like you you would sit in the back seat of the gail and richard car and just watch it because it will right. be fun but yeah. the melissa carry car that's a car you want to participate in like you're yeah. like there for it until your social battery runs out and then everybody goes home but you've had a pleasant night so let's get into bit in the ass yes we had, we had a few options here we already mentioned gabriel not really embracing the challenge with his cauliflower tots calling yeah. them Oh, you know, it's action, because you dip them, which is an action. It's a verb. Dip. Action. No. No. I feel like everybody describing their food at the drive-in really suffered from this, because they tried either way too hard to connect to the theme and didn't sell their food well, or they didn't try hard enough and everyone sort of wondered how it fit. See, I I think Gabe did the best job with his horror one when he was like, he was very kind of like, good evening. Yeah. And very like spooky, like giving a Dracula vibe. I thought that was cool. I thought Sarah's was pretty cool. You know, she had the Your Place or Mine milkshake, which is just like, oh, okay. You know, it's getting sexy. Some eyebrows, yeah. you know, went up for that oh, one. Oh, yeah. We were like, oh, okay. People were clutching their pearls, but their I dug it. Their pearls. No, that's Can't not a thing either. Go. That's also not a thing. Listen, I'm just... I'm sitting here you're, in my you're grandmother's hung up on sweater. Gran, you're hung up on grandma chic, and you're trying to make grandma sexy. And I understand why, Listen, but it's not working. Grandmas can fuck too, okay? Not mine. Oh, I, got, <laughs> I, got, I got no grandmas left, so. Well, I mean, they still could. You just need an additional, like, necromancy thing involved. What the fuck? <laughs> Don't edit this out. <laughs> Fine. 
You knew I was gonna, but I won't. I want to specifically asked. I actually want to feel gross about it tomorrow. All right. And moving on. <laughs> Jamie letting people tell her how to make her dish really came back to bite her in the ass because she, she got sent home for it. Dirty. But also, they told you, we're going to be eating this in a car. Don't make us anything too messy. Nobody fucking listens. Jamie makes a chicken wing, which I think is pretty unanimously understood to be the messiest food you can eat. Like, I get very self-conscious when I go out to a bar and eat chicken wings because I know ribs, I look like a monster. Though? Ribs are the other messiest food, and Chris made ribs. Stop doing it, you guys. You guys are fucking up, man. That's an easy, that's an unforced error, you know, to use a sports term. And look, Byron made fried chicken, but not on the bone, and he served it on a little skewer. Perfect. Brilliant. And he won. So good. I think... I think for this one, the chefs really suffered from thinking about some of the context and not all of it. So they said, don't forget, we're eating this in a car. And people thought, okay, it needs to be small. It needs to be portable. But not, what am I going to do with my fingers afterwards when I have to touch all the buttons on my dashboard and drive home? Right. I hate eating in a car for that reason. Yeah. If I'm going to eat on a road trip, I'm going to pull over somewhere and eat and then get back in the car. Because, yeah, I just don't like it. It's messy. It's unwieldy. It feels gross afterwards, like when your steering wheel's greasy. Yeah. It's Don't like you're like going to serve that, provide the wet nap. Like, on the Whole Foods app, I'm sure you can buy things other than food. Actually provide something to wipe your hands if you're going to be like, okay, this is going to be messy, but I know that you're in a car. Like, I've given that some thought. I think that would have scored some points. Yeah, yeah, if you gave him a wet nap with it. Right. The judges might have been like, okay, at least she knew or he knew that they were kind of giving us something that's a bit of a sloppy mess. But Jamie committed two sins. She <sighs> gave them something that was poorly cooked. And something that was super messy. Chris had immunity or else, you know, he might have been joining her there. But now Jamie's on her way to Last Chance Kitchen to take on Kiki. She sure is. Kiki upsetting our girl Sasha last week. Sorry to see Sasha go. I do enjoy her as a person. Like, I hope she comes back in future seasons. Not Not to compete again. But just, you know, they sometimes bring people back and just, you know. No, I mean, sometimes they bring people back to compete again. You know, they've done it, like, not necessarily in all-star seasons, but I think most years they have a couple chefs. Usually it is someone that made it a little further, to be sure. But I think it could be a fun season to have gone too soon contestants. Like, maybe people that had more talent than their position showed, like, circumstances got the best of them or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you thought maybe they could go further and they got eliminated too early. I think we might do like a bonus episode on this at some point. What are we each pick eight chefs we think went home too early and try to make a new season? Ooh, okay. that could be fun, right? Yeah. Let's start thinking about that. Anyway, so that's that's what we have for bit in the ass. So now it's time to get into harshest criticism. What do you got for this one? There's there's quite a few to choose from. Oh yeah, actually, Gail has all of mine oh, this really? week. Yeah, yeah. So Gail for show does. Whatever you want to call that mess. She said, I respect that he went in all in all in on the horror of it all. But texturally his dish was bizarre and unsuccessful. Bizarre and unsuccessful. Har- yeah. Harsh. And on Gabriel's touch, she said, Man, were they boring. They did look boring though. Yeah. Gross. Fuck and those it, tots. If you deep fry something, it doesn't make it healthy, even if it's a vegetable. Right. I just want to point that out because he was like, you know, I wanted to make it healthy. I used to be overweight. And it's, you deep fried it. It doesn't matter what it is. You could deep fry a sponge and make it unhealthy. That's because even he knew roasting them in the oven would be terrible and they would suck. But I think you could have gotten them crispy in an oven. Yeah, you can get them crispy. You just made them mushy. Yeah. Yeah. There was no, they didn't look like they had that crunch to them that you want a tot to have where it has that like outer shell and then the fluffiness on the inside. They looked fluffy all around, which is not what you want from your fried food. And also, it's just 
Like you had three hours, you made fucking tater tots. Okay, but look, we had three hours and we got popcorn. And a milkshake. <laughs> but they yes. liked that popcorn. I was shocked that they didn't knock her more for the popcorn. Padma did. Padma had beef with it. But then she ate it and she was like, oh, never mind. This is really good. And then Tom ate his. And- yeah. Yeah, Tom seemed to really be a fan of the of the popcorn. The, I had Tom calling Shota's corn dog a horror show, which I mm-hmm. thought was funny. And then also saying <laughs> Jamie made the rubber chicken analogy and then gave us rubber chicken. Yeah. Oof. Harsh. I mean, at least she described it well, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's truth in advertising. It's worth something, I guess. The uh, favorite dish from this week, I have so many to choose from, so I'm going to let you go so we don't double up because I got five that I would pick. So I'm absolutely 100% team Avishar. Yes. Same same boat. I agree. Yeah. I would take the milkshake second, but the s'mores, buddy. You are like either all the way up or all the way down, and I just, I vibe so hard when you're all the way up. Also, he's fucking bonkers, and I love it. Yeah, like, he's in the just best literally way. crazy. <laughs> what did he say his name was on Earth? Daniel? His Earth name is Danny? Daniel, as it says my notes, <laughs> but I could be wrong. I love it anyway. I was like, this. yeah, he's won me over in a big way. I did think Nelson's dish looked good, but not as good as Avishar's s'mores, and he really embraced the challenge. Right. Like, he came up with some sci-fi shit, and I was here for it. And I love that Tom was so incredibly disappointed by that choice that he was literally like, really? Yeah, he was okay. not having it. Tom was not happy with that, no, not <laughs> with that course all. of events. But yeah, I didn't find that to be such an egregious thing. It was just two good dishes, you know? Yeah. They it was can't nice. both win. And I was happy to see Nelson get a win. Yeah. And maybe that will prove to him that he can cook the food he likes and wants to cook and knows how to cook and still right. do well and not try to chef it up, you know? Right. He made a pupusa. It looked delicious. I wanted so to good. eat it, but I wanted to eat Avishar's s'more ice cream a little more. So much more. So much more. I I can't decide between Byron's little chicken nugget, little, mm-hmm. little crunchy gochujang chicken, or yeah. the Sonoran hot dog, and I got to go to the Sonoran hot dog. You have to go with the hot dog. Just for the work that went into it, yes. and I love a Sonoran hot dog. It's, yeah. you know, it looked and, fantastic. You know what? It was described well, too. She said, you know, after you get some action, you're going to want to eat one of these. And then Gail... Again, this episode said, well, the hot dog is usually the action for me. Get your mind out of the gutter, Nash. I was like, Gail, you're on TV. You are. What's going on with you tonight? You're in rare form. Because this episode was so good. It was a good episode, but I don't think it was an overly sexual episode. Okay, well, Gail definitely meant that the way it came out. Absolutely, you can't fool me. All right. I'm pushing Richards because it's so amusing and also so gross. Yeah, I mean... If it, if it means what you think it means, then it is definitely the grossest thing anyone yeah. said. I'll let you have that one. Thank you. Eat it. So yeah, I'm going Sonoran hot dog. I want to eat it, but a lot of the food looked good. If yeah. I was at a movie theater and you served me this, I'd be beyond happy. Yes, same. I, I do also want to call out Amar for this because he said on Top Chef that he doesn't like vegetables. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He doesn't eat is, vegetables. I don't eat vegetables. Rock on, Amar, you fucking prince. Love it. I mean, you know what? When when you know yourself, you know yourself. So who do you think's going home next week? Who you got for me? Nelson. You think it's Nelson again? I think it's Nelson. I, did I did I vote for him last time? You didn't. I did. Now he's mine. All right. You're taking him. I'm going Maria. I know she kind of showed out this episode, had a really good showing, but something tells me that edit that she got was not yeah. for nothing. I think I we're, she's, she's going to be, we're going to be seeing the last of her next week. I hope I'm wrong. She seems I hope delightful. Wrong. There's not a lot of people I want to see go home in the season, Gabriel, but, you know. That's true. I I would also like to see Gabriel go home. He's not gonna, though, because he knows how to cook. I don't think he's going to be there in the finale, but I think he's going to last, you know, till, like, 
top five. I, I do also want to say before we're finished that I think this is Tom's hat season. He's really going for it with the hats. Because he's got a beanie on next week. We yeah, he's got the, quite a beanie on. That's a hipster beanie, and I am a hipster queen. Like, that beanie is too much for me. That's You could have your man bun and a beanie yeah. on top of it, and it won't yeah. they won't be touching each other. Not it's that size all. beanie. I mean, so, that was that was a stocking. I don't know why he needs a hat that size. He does not have any hair. So I'm I'm confused by that, but he's he's really going for it. He's trying to embrace the culture of the city he's in. Hats. Port, well, hipsters, I meant. But also hats. Hipsters do like hats, so it goes hand in hand. Yeah, we do. We do love hats. Yeah. Nash with her, her grandma sweater and her blue hair and her big glasses. I do have a vibe. You've got a real vibe going right now. But you walk the walk, too. Like, you actually live off the land and stuff like hipsters dress yeah. like they do. I um, actually cleaned our sheep wool to make yarn with yeah so. no you're you're not you're just like a pioneer woman you know <laughs> this is They're, like cottage core times a thousand the, the hipsters are like cosplaying as you yeah. is what's going on <laughs> but you're actually living the lifestyle i am the final boss hipster <laughs> yeah for real i'm surprised like i just talked about scott pilgrim on blast and i'm surprised you weren't in that movie somehow I actually have the same exact hairstyle as her, so... you Yeah, you're kind of giving off real Ramona Flowers yeah. vibes right now. Yeah, it's um, not something I'm super comfortable with, by the way. When you did that Blast Zone episode, people were like, oh, is Nash in this one? And I was like, I'm not. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. I did the one on cats. You could have picked Scott Pilgrim. You chose cats. Nobody I, put a, <laughs> nobody oh, forced you to do that. Cats. You did. We had a good time, though. We did. We'll have you back on, I guess. I won't talk about cats, I guess. You can't talk about it twice. We could do a redo, like we can watch it again and just see if there's an additional layer. Fuck no. I know my I know the sound just popped because I got real close to the microphone yeah. when I said that. I don't care. Okay. And so final thoughts on this episode. I just, it was good. It was like a, you know, it wasn't as great as two weeks ago, the mm-hmm. West African Food Challenge, right. but it was just like a fun early to mid-season episode of yeah. Top Chef. I dug it. Yeah. I had a good time. It was It was interesting in a way that I think very few episodes have been this season and we also got to see that that side of Padma which was just like so goofy and silly and like yeah it was her enjoying it the little skits were so corny but fun yeah. and you know and Padma's not not a bad actor she she's done some acting before this so right. she had she has some chops and yeah I just had it was it was lighthearted for yeah. a Top Chef episode and it seems like next week things are getting more serious I mean we might both be right about who goes home because it's double elimination oh, next right. week so yeah. I hate double elimination episodes they stress me out Oh, I love them. And I have nothing on, you know, I have nothing at stake. It just stresses me out for them. I'm stressed out for them. Oh, man. I love it. I love it because I, I think in part it also dials up how willing people are to commit to this. We're going to be nice to one another thing mm-hmm. or it falls apart. You know what I mean? That's true. It and is it, ripe for drama. Yeah. And I, I do I do think that this, this episode felt like a nice little breather between the West African episode and the indigenous people one that we're going to see next time. In a way that's just take a breath, everybody relax. We're gonna serve some shitty food, or maybe some good food, or maybe it's just some weird hot dog on a stick, and we're gonna make some weird comments about grandma's purse. That's six, by the way. You're counting or drinking to this at this point. And so it was, it was just, it was fun and silly. Yeah. I think it's gonna be foot on the gas from here on out, because you know they're gonna eliminate two next week. We're getting close to restaurant wars. Sometimes that's a double elimination. I'm curious how they're gonna pull off restaurant wars this year. I'm so excited to see it. Maybe they'll do like curbside pickup, you know, and have to do that because they're not going to have all people sitting inside for a meal. Right. It'll be, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But anywho, thanks yeah. for joining us this week. Yeah. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe if your podcast platform lets you do that or otherwise just keep listening. We love you. We do. 
And thanks so much. We'll see you next week.